1: Welcome back to the BCP podcast. Big hug to all of y'all. This is James, a.k.a. BCP, Black Sort of Patriot. I want to physically go through the camera and embrace every single one of you, my fellow brothers and sisters. I truly love and appreciate you. We are in the same place where we love America, not the American government, our fellow countrymen, And the founding principles of this country, the Constitution, God-given freedom and liberty, the ability to express ourselves, to have rights that end when we infringe on the rights of others, the right to defend ourselves and our families, the right to speak out and protest against a government for redress of our grievances, for the right to practice our religion, the right to be parents and not have the government tell us how to raise our children and brainwash them. And the right to, damn it, just be left alone. Left alone in our little corner of America, whether that's rural America or urban America. We don't need Big Brother watching our every move and criticizing and critiquing everything we think, we say, we do, we buy, we don't buy we inject ourselves with and we don't inject ourselves with it's to stay out of our lives. If you feel that way, you have come to the right place. Let's get into this, folks. Let's um let's talk about this. Uh, if we talked about this sting, this operation that took place in Virginia. This was the uh the flyer One of the flyers hiding the prostitution escort ring, which really was a front for Chinese espionage. And we have some juicy details that are going to be coming down the pike. Here is the flyer. Modeling shoots available. Uh, That is very obvious code words for we have escorts, prostitutes, human trafficked women available for your deviant pleasure. Do not forget that our time is as also important as your time is, and unregistered numbers will not contact. Okay, I, I'm get. Well, we know that they made these people fully vet themselves, so I guess when you schedule a modeling session, aka uh, a trick or a John or a customer or a CCP target wants to set up a little fang fang bang bang um, they can't block the number when they call if you're not familiar with this story let me let me just bring you up to speed Uh, We start the five of the big story tonight. High-end
0: brothels reportedly happening in our own backyard. The Department of Justice arresting three people for operating two in Virginia and one in Massachusetts. Some of their customers allegedly include elected officials, military officers, and government contractors. Fox 5's Tisha Lewis joining us live from McLean tonight. Tisha. Well an incredible story here in the latter that you mentioned are people who have security clearances so obviously that adds an additional layer of concern. Problematic to say the least we are here at one of two addresses that the Department of Justice listed as where these brothels are occurring here on the 1500 block of West Branch
1: Drive investigators say interested sex buyers reportedly provided employer information references and then booked appointments. Three people are charged with conspiracy to coerce and entice to travel to engage in a Illegal sexual activity those people are 41 year old Cambridge, Massachusetts resident Han Lee 68 year old Well, you got the basic information. I wanted you to get that these people in this ring were government contractors military officials with Security clearances and elected officials. So here is the update coming from uh, the Washington Times This may end up getting very, very juicy. Feds pursue client list of powerful johns after bust of high-end prostitution ring. Justice experts expect big names to drop in case that also win fame for prosecutors. I I really like how the the Washington Times, not to be confused at all with the Washington Post, is very honest in saying they are going to reveal the names of these people because it's really good for their careers. The Justice Department does not typically become involved in breaking up local prostitution rings, but the sex network raid that federal prosecutors announced last week was no ordinary operation. The sex workers cater to -to well-to-do, powerful, and influential professionals of Washington and Boston who now face public exposure and criminal sentences. The sex workers cater to the powerful and influential professionals of Washington, Not Washington State. (laughs) Washington, D.C. Hmm, who would that be? Once again, elected officials, lobbyists, military contractors, military officials, etc. And those names uh, were, uh, these were, uh, I understand, Han Lee, James Lee, and Jun Myung Lee. Last reporting was that these were uh, Chinese, Chinese, Chinese Americans. If they were born in China or United States, I don't know, but it is being reported as a possible espionage. It goes on to say, that in a public statement, Justice Department officials named only three men arrested on charges of running the operation. The client's identity will unlikely be, uh, will unlikely be shielded for long. The Justice Department involved in the case, those three of the process say, centers on the list of powerful Johns or clients. This is all sad stuff, but it really rises to the level of Department of Justice, former federal prosecutor Ramani told the Washington Times. This is exactly the type of case that, had it not been for the Johns, it would have probably just be handled locally. Federal prosecutors decided not to leave the case to the police departments in Fairfax and McLean. A 60-page affidavit provides clues to the Justice Department's decision to take on the case. Among the clients, it described were politicians, military officers, professors, lawyers, pharmaceutical and technology company executives, scientists, and government contractors with security clearances. The clients visited prostitutes uh, in apartments rented for $3,700 per month. Clients were required to provide their full names, other identity identifying information and employer references. Many of their names are now in the hands of the Department of Justice. Prosecutors love to go after high-level folks because they can make a name for themselves. Potentially hundreds more clients from other professionals have yet to be identified. Or some of you are thinking, James, you're being naive. The DOJ is not involved to make, because their prosecutors want to make a name for themselves... But because it's a cover-up, they don't want these powerful people's names to be out there and they're running interference. That's a possibility as well. The article shares some light on this. And that is that most of these people would get away with this anyway, as far as the Johns and the prostitutes are concerned. So there appears to be... Maybe actual prosecutors that want to make a name for themselves. Let's dig just a little bit deeper here. Special Agent Zach, the lead investigator, said potentially hundreds more clients from other professionals have yet to be identified. And he says that he hasn't named them because it's ongoing. Criminal justice experts said federal prosecutors are likely working on plea agreements in exchange for cooperation from those they identified as the brothel's clients. Each client paid up to $600 an hour for two hours, depending on the services rendered. And federal agents said they identified customers through surveillance, phone records, customer interviews, and other investigative methods. Once again, these are federal agents. Not Usually this stuff is done locally, but they wanted in on this because these are high-profile individuals. James, it's a cover-up. Possibly. Could it possibly be that there are some, I know I'm a cynic as well, some good guys that actually want some of these things to, some of these uh, people to, to pay? Well, maybe not. But maybe they're trying to get to the bottom of this possible CCP manipulation of these people. I don't know. I'm just trying to present all the sides here. But obviously something is going on here because usually... Even in Virginia and Maryland, the Fed doesn't get involved in these things, even when it's high-profile individuals. You're also going to see that we have a Epstein-type uh, situation that happened in D.C. previously when this happened, but I, I get ahead of myself. If the clients were prosecuted at the state level, the charges would typically result in the probation and a fine. In most states, punishment is a minimal fine unless a minor is involved. In Virginia, working as a prostitute or paying somebody for sex could result in a maximum of 12 months in jail and a fine of up to $2,500, but neither hookers nor johns typically receive any jail time. Mr. Romani said the the federal government is more likely to seek probation for the clients and tougher sentences for the men running the sex ring. The lead investigator is a special agent with the Department of Homeland Security who specializes in interstate and international human trafficking investigations. Uh, This is where I start to play devil's advocate with myself and think, you know, maybe this is just a cover up because I don't trust the DHS. They are part of the trafficking activities of minors and women because of their lax and open border policy. But we can't assume that every single one person at the DHS is part of this machine. And some people are actually trying to do their jobs and trying to help innocent victims. The three men arrested in the case, Han Lee, James Lee, and Jung Young Lee, are charged with conspiracy to coerce and entice to travel and to engage in illegal sexual activity. Each charge carries a 20-year sentence. And that's because they ran this between Boston in Massachusetts and in D.C. So, of course, the feds are supposed to be involved because it's interstate crimes. The Justice Department describes investigation as active and ongoing Sex scandals have erupted regularly in Washington, and high-end prostitutes have played prominent roles. One of the most notorious cases involve Deborah Jean Palfrey, known as the DC Madam. She was convicted in 2008 of running an escort service for powerful men in Washington. And this is where I'm saying we may, this is where I think we may actually see some names, because we did back in 2008. Including former Senator David Vitter, Louisiana Republican, and Randall L. Tobias, a former CEO of Eli Lilly and a former administrator of the U.S. Agency for International Development. Sentenced to 6 years on racketeering charges, Palfrey hanged herself. You know, just like Jeffrey Epstein supposedly did. So, are names going to come out because prosecutors want to make a name for themselves? Because there may actually be some good people at the DHS? Or because they are playing cover-up? I don't know. Let's see what happens. Now, every once in a while, we actually have someone who's big and powerful and rich get busted for what we know to be sexual crimes, trafficking of, you know, think, don't just think Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell. Think of all of the johns and clients of these pervy offerings, of these sick, disgusting offerings. For the record, since I am now talking about rich and powerful people and them being pedophiles and sexual assaulters and what have you, for the record, I am not suicidal. I am in absolutely great health. My blood pressure, now that I've lost tons of weight, about 17 pounds now, is doing really well, I exercise every single day, I watch what I eat, I intermittent fast, Um, I've had blood work done, I am good, I am not suicidal, I am happily married, I love all of my children, I adore every single one of them, I kiss the ground my wife uh, walks on and I absolutely love my parents and my in-laws adore me, I have no reason to exit this planet, I am not suicidal, I I would never kill myself. And I believe that those who are pedophiles, convicted pedophiles, who have touched, raped, uh, violated, who have abused children, should be guilty of the death penalty. I do not, I, I know this is not curable, and I believe that they should be eliminated from the gene pool. I believe in absolute capital punishment for convicted, acting out pedophiles, for child traffickers, sex traffickers, and pimps, and for uh, rapists in general. I do not believe in killing myself for having those opinions. So every once in a while, we do get the news of these big people getting arrested. You may have heard about this already. This is not the most recent news, but Peter Nygard, former fashion mogul, has been convicted of sexual assault. The verdict took place in Toronto, Canada, and the 82-year-old also faces charges here in the United States. A Toronto jury on Sunday found Peter Nygard, the high-profile executive behind a fallen fashion empire, guilty of four counts of sexual assault after just over three days of deliberation at the end of a six-week trial. We also know that uh, Epstein was very much uh, involved with people in the fashion industry. Uh, let's get the quick ba- uh, breakdown here from the Canadian uh, news. Peter Nygard. Big name, though not as prestigious, not as prestigious, not as prestigious as it used to be, still a big fish is about to fry.
0: For years, allegations of sexual assault have swirled around Peter Nygaard. Now he's convicted. This is a battle won in a much bigger war. Therapist Shannon Moroni has worked with dozens of women who've made allegations against Nygaard, including four involved in this case. She shared reaction from one. The verdict is not only for her, the guilty verdict, or for anyone else, but it is shared across all survivors, all women and girls. We did this for everyone, not only for ourselves. Nygaard was found guilty on four or five counts of sexual assault. Many of the allegations in this case stretch back decades and were only recently reported to police. Many of the women told similar stories of meeting Nygard by chance at a party or on a plane before they were assaulted in a private bedroom suite inside his Toronto headquarters. They didn't report it because they feared Nygaard would ruin their career. The crown painted Nygard as a predator who used his power and wealth to lure and abuse women. This is a crime that
1: typically. So that is a win for everyone. Uh, I know our judges still wear robes, but I love it how crown attorneys and other places uh, that have strong ties to the U.K. still wear the traditional uh, robes, uh, what have you. Uh, From days of lore, from days of yore, from past times. Some traditions are actually kind of nice. Though I'm not a big fan of the powdered wigs. For those of you listening to the show, they showed the uh, crown attorneys here with their, I don't know what it's called, with their robes and their big like ribbon type things that come down. Someone who is more cultured than me, please, what are the official names of that? Put it down below. So a win is a win. Uh, let's see where this goes. But th- these are these are the typical, typical. We often hear traits of many of the rich and powerful. Not all the rich and powerful, but you get to a point. They get to a point where they feel entitled, or they're born into wealth and they feel entitled. They feel entitled to other people's bodies and will, and they're not happy enough just getting. Uh, non-trafficked, consenting adult call girls and escorts and male prostitutes. No, they want what they can't have or they want what they want and they will take it. And then these women are afraid. Now, we can blame the women for not coming forward or what have you. It gets uh, complicated, according to them. I think if someone rapes me, it's not complicated. I'm going after that bastard no matter what. But, you know... It could be ruinous and these people are rich and powerful and often make threats. But this is this is how it is. This is this is how this is the mentality. We, to many of these, rich and powerful, are nothing. We are ants or less than ants. We are just bodies, we're just tools, we're just assets, we're just toys, we're just pawns. And this is the sociopathy and the psychopathic nature of many people. Now, anyone who's been in the realm of business and politics knows uh, this. If you ever worked for a large uh, firm, well, maybe that might be the case. I I shouldn't make that kind of thing. But my experience has been, uh, let me just tell you, this is my show. I know some people... Don't know, is that gonna talk about personal things, but this is relevant to the story. When I worked at Arthur Anderson, one of our biggest clients was the Department of Justice. So I was recruited as an economist from college to come and work in this FEC, this financial economic consulting practice, where I built and other economists, we built economic models for damages. So company A sues company B. And you hear, oh, there's, they got sued for 13.7 million dollars. Well, how did they come up with that figure? That's what we did. We quantified that, building economic models and what have you for litigation purposes. And there was a big case called the Cobell case that I worked on. It was, it was the the it was a lawsuit having to do with the mismanagement of Native American and Indian monies managed by the government for on behalf of Indians. Because supposedly they couldn't manage the money themselves, their, minimal, their mineral rights, their oil rights, and what have you. So that's what the case was about. And I worked at the Department of Justice. And one of the reasons why I knew I was not going to have a career at Arthur Anderson is because they would take everyone to the strip clubs. And they would wine and dine them. And they would get them prostitutes. And they would get them uh, call girls. And these these were guys at, at the Department of Justice that would hire our firm, Arthur Anderson, and sometimes in some other work they'd maybe hire KPMG or Ernst & Young, some of our other competitors at the time, and Cooper, And uh, how you would get the business over is how well you wind and dined the client. The person who was doing the uh, procuring of our legal uh, support services would go with Arthur Anderson because our partners and our managers Got him the best hookers and took him to the best strip clubs and the best dinners. They didn't care at the end who it was providing these services. It was the person at the government who got the most out of it. And it almost always involved strip clubs and strip club meetings. They didn't like James being on the team because I would not participate in meetings and dinners that they could write off. That would be have at these gentlemen's clubs. Even the women in our group were fine with that. I was not. So I knew I had no future there. But it was a blessing in disguise because later on, I went on and started my own financial firm. But it was this eye-opener. I just thought that maybe there would be a higher standard. But there was not. And this is how these people think. You don't have to be rich and powerful like these guys. I saw the same attitude with some of the people I worked with, you know how much people, how many, how many people got hired and fired because partners and senior managers wanted if there was a new woman in in, in the firm, whether it was in their department or not, or in the assistance pool, and they wanted them, they would have them. If not, that woman may not find may find that she didn't have a job. It wasn't always the case. I don't want to make it like it was always the case, but that kind of stuff, that kind of hanky panky, happened. And here I am, you know, a relatively young guy in my early 20s, working for the for for the firm, somewhat idealistic, an ideologue. Not that you know, I grew up in in in, in California. It's so not like I was a total prude and know, didn't know what was going on. I just didn't expect these types of things to be happening in corporate America, and they absolutely are. So let's uh, switch gears here. Don't know if you saw this. This is going to segue us into some Epstein news professional MMA fighter King Bo came out of his came out to his bare knuckle mixed martial arts fight wearing a t-shirt that read Trump was indicted before anyone in Epstein's client list. At least someone isn't afraid to call out the justice system. Epstein's list continues to be secret as Washington politicians and the justice system it says there the Justice system, in quotes, seems to not have any urgency in delivering justice to America's most elite pedophiles. Republican Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn is currently trying to get the Senate Judiciary Committee to issue a subpoena for Epstein flight logs. A subpoena to Jeffrey Epstein's estate to provide the flight logs for his private plane, given the numerous allegations of human trafficking and abuse surrounding Mr. Epstein. We've got to identify everyone who could have participated in this horrific conduct," she said this past week. And here we have, here's the shirt of King Bo. Unfortunately, I think he he either lost or he tied into decision. He didn't he didn't get an L, a, 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 a W. But there you go. Trump was indicted for anyone on Epstein's client list. And it's so funny. Uh, that we, we don't know any of, of the clients. Carrie Lake herself posted three months ago, it's been three years almost of the day since Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. She put that uh, in air, killed himself in quotes. She, Carrie Lake knows that he didn't kill himself. Not a single one of his clients has been indicted for heinous crimes against children. Yet President Trump was just indicted for the fourth time. Justice is dead in America. And she would know, right? Uh, she's had the her, her gubernatorial race stolen from her. Abe Hamadi in her state in, in her state has also had his stolen from him, and yet here we are, more than a year later, and the rigged election of the midterms continues. No justice in the courts. Justice in America truly is kaputs, dead, gone. uh rest in peace. This was kind of interesting. Really quick. Uh, what I do is I I uh, <clears throat> I have like keyword searches for my news and things come up, and. Uh, This came up for Jeffrey Epstein's, uh, for Jepsy Epstein news the other day. Jeffrey Epstein's prison guard has uh, sued for assault at the New York, uh, New, at New New York City job, and I was like, wait a minute, didn't realize that the prison guard was a woman that was protecting, or if I did, I forgot that a former federal prison guard who snoozed and shopped online instead of checking on Jeffrey Epstein the night he killed himself in his cell, allegedly attacked a colleague at her new job, a lawsuit claims. In an ironic twist, the wild incident was never caught on surveillance cameras, just as in the Epstein debacle court paper show. She was arrested for falsifying jail records in the wake of notorious pedophiles' mysterious death in a metropolitan correction center in Manhattan, which sparked an avalanche of conspiracy theories because of malfunctioning surveillance cameras. This is the New York Post. So even they say they say uh, allegedly killed himself. Uh, they use they, they use proper. Uh, they they air they put a quote under malfunctioning surveillance camera. She cut a sweetheart deal two years ago to avoid prison time in the case. Of course she did. She did the uh, the will of whoever's in charge there. Okay, yesterday I we, we covered the vaccines and what have you. Let me share with you some highlights or some clips from the hearing, the COVID-19 injury, uh, injuries caused by COVID va- vaccine injuries caused by COVID-19 vaccines uh, hearing that Mar- Rep- Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene had. Let me start off with Matt Gates who talks about why Marjorie Taylor Greene's even doing this in the first place and why it's not even being done by the proper governing and legislative committees and bodies that are supposed to be looking into this. Matt Gates, as of late, has really been on fire. A reasonable person watching this
2: hearing might wonder why this is a field hearing being chaired by Congresswoman Greene rather than a hearing held by the House or the Senate with one of our standing committees. And I believe that reason is because far too many members of those committees obtain those committee seats because they are bought and paid for by big pharma. And if you go look at the people who lead these positions in the House and Senate and you line up the money they get from big pharma lobbyists and big pharma PACs, it is pretty easy to see why we are here. So I, I believe that we are just at the beginning of following up on these 60 oversight requests sent by Senator Johnson.
1: Right, let's um, uh, unpack this and, and, and make some connections here. By the way, just in full disclosure, what we're going to look at in today's report when it comes to this injuries caused by COVID vaccines, we're not going to look at the science of it. I really want to dig into the corruption and the politics of it. You just heard Matt Gates say that they're, they're getting money from the, the Senate, the senators and the congressmen and women. that are supposed to be looking over this and having oversight. They're getting paid by the same big pharma lobbyists. So obviously it's a disincentive. It is a conflict of interest. So let's do something. Let's go back to an article we just looked at a few moments ago. Connecting some various obvious dots here, let's go back to this article from the Washington Times, uh, lest our short-term memory forget. Among the clients it described were politicians, military officers, lawyers, pharmaceutical company executives, scientists, along with politicians, government contractors with security clearances. Oh, what about military officers? Military officers that perhaps are now honey pot trapped and controllable. Oh, I don't know, maybe to stop people from not having to take the big pharma injection even if There's a religious exemption or some other exemption. You see how these people are controlled? You see why I I could never, I could never be in politics, at least not in D.C. Trust me, I've thought about it. I've thought about, I've mentioned it here in the past. I'm like, well, before Mitt Romney said he wasn't running for re-election, I'm like, maybe just to stir the pot, since I'm now a a, a resident of Utah, maybe I should just go and run against Romney. Oh my goodness. I, I, you know. I've half jokingly half seriously thought about it. Even my wife says, hey, you know you're not gonna win but maybe maybe you could force certain issues and f- force uh, a light on Romney being a a rhino. but I'm like, man, Utah, they don't need two carpet baggers to come in here and, 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 and make some noise. But you know I, I can't say especially when I had the YouTube show almost a million uh, subscribers. You know, somewhat of of, of uh, notoriety or, or or recognition. Thought about it, but why would I want to subject myself? Why would I want to go to Sodom and Gomorrah? It's nice here, in the mountains, and it's nice in Southern California where I still spend a lot of time because of my parents and my in-laws. Why would I want to subject myself to? If you ever I go to DC, and at my personal feeling, is that. It vibrates on a frequency, I don't know any other way to put it, of just demonic evil. Whatever that frequency scientifically is or would be of demonic possession and evil, I feel that in DC. It's real to me. It's palpable. I, I can feel it. I can, I, it, it, I get that, you know, I, I'm not a mason or anything like that. I don't know if they use these things, but I've heard them talk. It's like a vibe. It's just It's just a feeling. It's a feeling. The only way I could really f- talk about it and express it is some sort of energy field that just doesn't resonate with me. And that's how I feel it in-, in DC and I could never subject myself uh, to being there. But man, they get you every which way. they get you money, sex, drugs, power, and-, and all those things. And some people are after that, but I'm really I'm really me personally, I'm a conservative, quasi libertarian. I want to be left alone and I want to leave people alone. I don't want to be in people's lives. Like I don't want people to be in mine, and to have all that intrusiveness and all that evil. Anyway, I've digressed again. But hey, this is the BCP show. Let me know if you like it when I go into when I digress into these personal things. Some people like it, some people don't. You can't make everybody happy all the time, uh, but it's relevant. I'm, I'm giving you my true feelings. I really feel strongly about this. That DC is an evil place, and they get you every single with every single vice. Why would you want to be in an environment that's like that? I just don't get it. Plus, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I am not i am not i am not i i could not afford to live in D.C. anyway. You see the rents? Maybe I'd have to uh, shack up with someone like, uh, with Kevin, like Kevin McCarthy does. How could you even afford to live in D.C.? How rich do you have to be to even be, even if you're like middle class or like doing well, you have to be like really rich to live anywhere even near comfort in, in D.C.? Thirty seven hundred dollars a month for one of those apartments, over in McLean, Virginia, or Fairfax, wherever that story was. Thirty seven hundred dollars to live in a safe apartment, an hour outside of DC with traffic, maybe more. When you're making one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars a year, I, 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 no wonder they're so corrupt. They, they, they need to take on this lobbyist money, and all of a sudden, just to survive. Really sad state of affairs. Okay, so diving back into this hearing, uh, Matt Gates asked Dr. Malone a very good question, right? Matt Gates is a smart guy. He says, okay, how do we separate the noise, like the symptoms of these COVID injury reactions, from these things also maybe being associated with the common cold or something else. In other words, how do we look at the data and know that these are vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine injuries and not caused by something else. And this is where we get in the politics of why that data isn't available and the corruption of the CDC. This is the uh, infamous Dr. Robert Malone.
3: The job of the CDC, by the way, is to provide that type of analysis objectively um, in a nonpartisan fashion. And as even the New York times has acknowledged, the CDC has become a partisan political operation. So you, we are left in the absence of reliable data, um, by a federal agency tasked to provide that data, to allow the discernment of your question.
1: And the CDC is not providing that data. Well, what about the VAIR system? The VAR system is supposed to be there for the doctors to report all these adverse effects. Yeah, there's a perverse and disincentive to use that. We truly are living in evil times, folks. Think about this. There, the, there's politics, money, and pressure for people who have taken the Hippocratic Oath not to even report into a system the adverse effects of something that is killing people. And these supposed to be the doctors are taking care of us. Absolute this this level of evil is just off the charts.
3: Practicing physicians currently, um, even those that aren't uh, subject to the many uh, professional and financial disincentives to be open and transparent about these things that you're mentioning. I'm choosing my words. Uh, um. Are subjected to an enormous amount of uh, not only propaganda or psyops, as has the entire public been subjected to it, but also uh, enormous numbers of disincentives to disclose adverse events and disclose what might appear to be fun- uh, vaccine related problems.
1: I- I hate to interrupt. Listen closely, folks, what Dr. Malone is saying here. Doctors, physicians have been subjected to the same propaganda. As everyone else, the same psyops, the same psychological operation to not want to talk about the fact that this vaccine wasn't what it's supposed to be. And then on top of that, disincentives. They are discouraged. They will lose their license. They will not be able to, to have access to hospitals. They will be brought before their medical uh, bars. They will, they will lose their livelihood. Think about all of the attorneys that 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 in the beginning. I'm sure it's still happening right now. That that try to work for President Trump, they get disbarred, they lose their 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 law licenses, they get sued. It really is a crushing machine. And Matt Gates knows that there's something that the Republicans and the House and the legislators can do about it, even though they don't. And it has nothing to do with all this medical stuff. It has to do with their constitutional power to fund all this power that the CDC and these other government supposed uh, health government bureaucracies, institutions, and agencies have. Uh,
3: Vaccine related problems. I I
1: hate to interrupt you, but that should be illegal it should
2: be it should be illegal if someone is engaged in the practice of medicine or in the or in the highly regulated pharmaceutical industry for people to try to disincentivize access to the information and to to you know it's easy for us to blame the cdc but frankly they in a way work for us because we're the ones that authorize the funds for the things that they do and don't do and so you know i think that so one, one of the things we got to work on probably is legislation that directs them to those data to those clusters and that then disallows Allows the corrupt uh, activities that you seem to be highlighting.
3: So, Mr. Gates, uh, uh, I've been advised that technically it is already illegal.
1: <laughs> it is illegal. What we're seeing should be illegal, Matt Gates says. And Dr. Malone says it is illegal, but they are still doing it. Why? Because... Like everything else we've seen from these treasonous, traitorous, human hating, godless rat, rat bastards, there's no consequences. Whether it is not allowing, uh, you know, wh- whether it's the stolen election, whether it's the border, what's happening is that the law is being broken because the law is not being enforced. They, they don't have to rewrite laws. They just have to ignore the laws already on the books, whether it's Mayorkas at the border, whether it's the, 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 the Supreme Court not looking at any of the stolen election cases, whether it's them not looking at the adverse effects of the bioweapon masquerading as a COVID-19 vaccine. It's the same playbook. Whether it's Department of Defense not giving religious exemptions to people against the vaccine, even though that is the rule, the law, their constitutional right, the ability and the duty of the government and other agencies, even when their own inspector generals find that they're in violation of this, nothing happens.
3: There's there's many examples of what appears to have been fraud or lawbreaking occurring within the federal administrative state uh, that um, is not, the, these individuals are not being held accountable because there aren't the oversight structures, ombudsman or other processes to enforce the law.
2: Yeah, even when we catch them. By the way, I'm holding the inspector general report from DOD where the inspector general said that there was not the itemized review of people's religious exemptions that the law requires. So if we're going to keep funding it, it's going to keep happening. And I think the message
1: to us is that we have to use the power of the purse. The power of the purse. That is the ultimate power that legislators have. They can stop funding all of this madness. But it's also the power of the purse, the personal purse that is controlling America. How much they are getting paid uh, for that. And in a little bit of irony, I've got to show this to you. Um, when you look at this report of Matt Gates that I've just been showing you, YouTube has a COVID-19 vaccine. Get the latest information from the CDC. <laughs> As we're learning from this exchange that the CDC is in on the psyops and the dis, uh the misinformation and disinformation to America and the world about the injuries caused by the COVID-19 vaccine. All right, I want to apologize there's going to be some squeaking that I think are going to come through the mic a few times on on, on this I'm really working on... For those of you watching, I'm working on my posture. Uh, now that I'm losing weight, I just feel a little bit... Not a little bit. I feel a lot more... We say it in Spanish, ligero. I feel a lot more loose and limber. Uh, I've got I've got more energy and I'm just working on my posture. Um, when I was, you know, with a more weight... I mean, I'm 5'3". I'm a small guy. I'm, I'm a petite man. And just having 180 pounds just on the 5'3", just doesn't work. But... Uh, so you guys can keep me on on you guys can keep me on it I got to 178 I was 178 earlier this this year I am now uh, 157 157 and a half on a digital scale let's just say 158 so that's 20 pounds um, I did hit 156 but uh, gained a couple pounds but I just found myself getting forward, and I used to have up something with my feet um, when I would sit and record. But I'm trying not to use that because I would hunch forward now, and so I put my I'm putting my feet below. The, I have one of these stand up desks that go up and down. Because sometimes you'll notice I'm standing when I do this show. Like right now, I'm sitting, and so that I think my feet there was causing some squeaking because I didn't move some things from down there. So I apologize, especially those listening to the podcast. You'll probably pick it up more than those of you watching visually. Hey, I'm just being transparent and real with you on this show. Now, uh, what, what I will be showing tomorrow from... We'll be, we'll be revisiting this hearing again. We're going to have Dr. Bliss. She explains exactly what happened to a DOD uh, civilian contractor because of these rules and people not getting exemptions. We'll talk about some... Uh, I, I, we're going to look at some other things maybe pregnancies and some other things that were brought up. But I just wanted to concentrate on the politics and the control and the PSYOP and the money that is behind the suffering that we have had in the United States because of the CDC not doing its job, there's not having all the information, and the push for this bioweapon masquerading as a COVID-19 vaccine. So, uh, bravo. Thanks again to... Marjorie Taylor Greene for putting this on and for Matt Gates, I have been highly critical of MTG as of late. Not as of lately, but I have been in recent times. She was too cozy to Kevin McCarthy for my liking and I hold fast. So at that time, I didn't like what she was doing. Uh, still don't care for it, but she has been, along with Matt Gates, one of the stalwart people on our side, MAGA, America First. Uh, a real fighter, fire brand, etc. Imagine if we just had fifty of them. No, we don't even have four hundred. Imagine if we had fifty Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greens. Just imagine how just how powerful they could be in Congress if we had more of them. That's why people like me should go to D.C. But I'm allergic to uh, to, to demonic. I'm uh, just to, to the the whole demonic feel of D.C. So. It's hard to get people like me there. I don't know how Mike Johnson, uh speaker Mike Johnson, who seems to be a very pious uh and religious Christian, I don't know how he does it. He must have just that more of more of a dose of uh than I do. I, I just I just couldn't do it. I just could not stand being there. Okay, let's get into um let's get into this. Let's get into this uh person right here. Uh, what you're looking at here, and I'm going to describe it for those of you who are watching this, uh, this is a women's tournament, pool tournament, and the two finalists are here and they're doing this thing, I don't know what it's called, where they they hit the ball to see who is who would be the one to break the... Uh, to then go ahead and do the break to actually start this play of pool. But then you see the woman, she goes over, she talks to the referee and she has just, and then she puts on her purse and she walks out and she does not continue with play. That's the woman here in the red. You will see this other opponent here saying, what the hell's going on? What gives? Shrugging their shoulders. Why is she leaving this tournament this final. And here is the story. A female pool player reportedly refused to compete against a trans identified male opponent at the Women's Champion of Champions final in Wales. This happened uh, over the weekend. Lynn Pinchet walked away, or Pinches walked away from the table after being matched to play against Chris Harriet Haynes. Bravo. Then you can see Chris Harriet Haynes, the transgender I can, the male identifying as a female. I, I honestly people I'm, I'm not joking. I, I get confused. I get confused when it when it comes to trans men, trans male, I, I okay, trans woman means it was a male who trans, I guess turns this through. It's just weird to say that. So let me just say what I want to say. A man acting like a woman. Or a woman acting like uh, a man. you can you can see that here uh Bravo getting a uh, a lot of kudos uh, in the in the world. female player refuses to play in women's tournament f- uh, final because her opponent is trans as she walks away from the table to huge applause in Wales despite forfeiting. The crowd at Pontus seemingly backed Lynn pinch's forfeiture. The 2023 Ladies Master Champion Harriet Haynes had an impressive year so far. Yeah, it generally is the case in every sport that when a man competes as a woman, they tend to do very well for themselves. We're talking whether it's swimming, whether it's cycling, whether it's fencing, whether it's fill-in-the-blank sport or physical tournament, when the trans, when the man Acting like a woman, the trans woman, I guess, competes against biological women. They tend to do a lot better. They're 393rd in men, but then all of a sudden they're qualifying in top 10 for women. There is a physical, biological difference between men and women. And we actually need more women like this to forfeit, to walk away and say, Hell no, I am not competing against a man. And this woman paid for the privilege to be in this tournament. Pinches was drawn to take on Harriet Haynes in the showpiece at the weekend, with her opponent holding a slight height and reach advantage going into the clash. With each uh, player paying a seventy-pound entry fee. What's that? A hundred bucks? 80, 87 bucks again, not a hundred bucks. Eighty-seven dollars, American U.S. dollars. To compete and she forfeited that because she was paired up with a man. Uh, for uh, you in Canada, that's 120 Canadian dollars. Uh, amazing. Just amazing the sacrifice this Miss Pinchas made. And we, we actually need more. We need more athletes to do this. We need more athletes to say... No, I'm 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 not competing against a man. This is ridiculous. Uh, I I want no part of this. We need more of that. So, uh, despite forfeiting the finale, she did stay on site to pose with her runner-up trophy. And here is the photo of the undeserving winner of the women's champion of champions posing for the trophy. Uh, you can see. Miss Pinches here is shorter than uh, whoever the or the person is handing out the thing, and then the other uh, woman, not woman, it, is taller and physically more uh, just larger. We just need more women to say no. This is ridiculous. All right, Q Shaman Shaman. Q Jacob Chansley is running as a Libertarian candidate in Arizona's eighth congressional district. Jacob Chansley, the spear-carrying rioter, really, the rioter, we all saw the video from Tucker Carlson, what riot, when when he was being escorted by the police, the hell kind of rioter is that? Jacob Chansley, the spear-carrying rioter whose horned fur hat, bare chest, and face paint made him one of the most recognizable figures in the January 6, 2021 assault on the US Capitol, What kind of assault is accompanied by the defensive forces that are supposed to repel such assault? He apparently aspires to be a member of Congress. Online paperwork shows the 35-year-old Chancellor filed a candidate statement of interest indicating he wants to run as a Libertarian in next year's election for Arizona's 8th Congressional District seat. Debbie Lesko, a 64-year-old Republican, represents the district since 2018, announced last month that she won't seek re-election. And her term officially ends in January of 2025. Chansley pleaded guilty to a felony charge of obstructing an official proceeding in connection with the Capitol insurrection. That's right. Jacob Chansley pleaded guilty to a felony charge of obstructing an official proceeding an official proceeding of course, uh, he should have been a, he should have looked like me, but not be conservative. So if he would look like me, if he were, well, then it shouldn't have been on January 6th. I was trying to make a segue into someone else who actually obstructed an official proceeding, but is getting away with it. And of course, I'm talking about uh, Democratic uh, Democratic Representative Jamal Bowman who removed signs, pulled the fire alarm uh, to stop a vote and, uh, and of course, he's getting away with it. That's an actual obstruction of an official proceeding but he's a leftist so he gets away with it. So, very interesting what's going on here with Jacob Chancellor, NBC News reporting yesterday. The Arizona man known as QAnon shaman who stormed the Capitol on January 6th, filed paperwork to run for Congress as a libertarian candidate and the battlegrounds, oh, that's the same thing we saw in the other one, but, uh, uh, the, the comments are funny. Stormed the Capitol. That's what I felt. He peacefully posted the Capitol with tour guides. He didn't storm the Capitol. More lies from the enemy. This is not storming, clowns.
4: Leave the Senate wing. We will. Hey! Fucking hey, man. Glad to see you guys. You guys are fucking patriots. Look at this guy. He's got covered in blood. God bless you.
1: You good sir? You need medical yeah. attention? I'm good, thank you, Joe. Right. I got shot in the bikes. Where are So we were just chilling there. He sat there, police, all up. the setup. Look, look at the police there. Yeah, this is okay. Storm in the Capitol. Hey. He's like, Hey bro, what's hey, up? Guys. Yeah. Guys look good look to see guy's you, guy's friends. Back. Yeah, God you're my you. fellow patriots. God bless you. Yeah. That's a a guy storming the Capitol for sure. Of course, it's all a narrative that uh, President Trump uh, was the leader of this uh, this, uh, insurrection, that this rebellion was all because of him. And Jacob Chansley was on Newsmax yesterday calling this straight nonsense.
0: Um, got to ask you about how you're viewing the current frontrunner for the GOP nomination, of course, former President Trump, why uh, almost everyone who was there at the Capitol on January 6th was there to support Donald Trump. Uh, do you blame the former president for the prison sentence you faced or the fact that you showed up at the Capitol to begin with?
4: No, no, I do not. And I think that any attempt to try to paint Anything that happened on that day onto the president or try to paint him with that broad brush is just mockingbird media and corrupt DOJ talking points. Because the fact of the matter is, the man said peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Okay, so what we're talking about here is optics. And based on the Mockingbird media and neurolinguistic programming, based on critical factor bypass and all that kind of psychological warfare, basically, you can paint anybody to be anything. So you could choose to look at me as uh, a felon. You, I've heard people call me a traitor. That's a threat to democracy. Or you could choose to look at me as I am, a person that was maligned and skewered by a corrupt system, as so many hundreds of thousands of people have been in the United States, as so many January Sixers have been in the United States, and has Donald Trump has been in the United States of America. So I don't, I don't see the the, pre, yeah. the former president as responsible at all. Nobody can make me do
1: anything. Very key thing that Jacob Chansley said there at the end of this clip, at the end of what I just played for you. No one can make me do anything. See, this that's a philosophy of a libertarian. That's a philosophy of a conservative. That's a philosophy of a person that lives by the first rule of being an adult and no longer being a child. You take responsibility for your actions and everything is an, uh, you're not an automatic victim. He's not a victim of President Trump. He did and acted of his own accord, of his own free will, of his own volition, of his own agency, of his own choice. He wasn't mind-controlled by the dog whistle of President Trump. And he makes it very clear, President Trump is not to be blamed for this. The blame doesn't go to President Trump. Even Newsmax said it here in their post that he blasts any attempt to try to paint anything that happened on that day onto Trump, who once again, as Jacob Chansley said, said, peacefully and pro uh, peacefully and patriotically protest. All right. So you can take Jacob Chansley as if you want to use the word victim and think of victim. He is a victim of the deep state of the PSYOP, of the propaganda, of all the things that are a lot of the same terminology I use, right? Mockingbird Media. We know that Operation Mockingbird is alive and well. And he doesn't want to be part of that machine if he goes to Washington.
4: And that's why I should go to D.C. Because I'm not going to be beholden to the NGOs. I'm not going to be beholden to lobbyists. I'm not going to be beholden to the deep state puppet strings. I will represent the American people the way they deserve to be represented.
1: Isn't that what we all want and deserve? Now, Newsmax, in the beginning of this interview, they weren't taking Jacob Chansley very serious. They think he's... uh, a freak show, a sideshow, commenting on the fact that he had a shirt on and wasn't bare chested and what have you. I'm not going to play that, but they weren't taking him seriously. But imagine if once again we had more people like this that weren't beholden and were going to DC to represent people. What are your thoughts? Put it down below. All right, got more intel that I'm filtering through.